we'll continue our practice this morning, taking, moving forward from the point I hope I made last night, that uh, the particular technique of practicing in a way that cultivates the kind of spacious and warm-hearted response in the mind to any event, the thought of a person, the actuality of a person coming into your uh, space at any point, the thought of an event, that the response habit of the mind that I want to cultivate is one of a cordial, interested alertness. Uh, I often say to myself, may I meet this moment fully, may I meet it as a friend. So it's not just meeting it, not just being aware of it, but meeting it and being aware of it with a warm-hearted attitude. And in order really to uh, work on the part of it uh, that is covered by meeting it fully, there needs to be a certain gravitas in the mind, a certain steadiness, a certain equanimity in it, because we keep meeting experiences all day long, this and that and this and that, ones we like, ones we don't, things that startle us, things that put us to sleep or worry us or make us feel odd, all day long, all life long, and a certain amount of poise in the mind. I've recently been thinking how often I use the word poise. What makes a poised mind? And really, it's a a mind that has a certain ongoing level of concentration. Those of you who have experience and practice with uh, breath as the object of meditation will remember being urged and invited to feel yourself sitting or walking or anywhere, feeling the breath arising and passing away out of your body and trying to stay with that breath, really choosing it selectively from among the many things that are arising in that space of awareness. We have the opportunity here to use a particular rubric, sentences, uh, intentions for the well-being of ourselves and others, and to use them both as a way of inclining the mind, both as a way of revealing to ourselves the hidden stories we have about ourselves and other people, and who is worthy and who is not, and as a way just of developing a deepened concentration. I wanted to make the point last night, I think I did, that we could practice in any moment of our life, and in airports as well as in meditation centers. As a matter of fact, when I finished telling all that airport stories, I thought to myself, probably is arising in people's mind the question, maybe we should just go sit around in airports rather than go to meditation retreats because there's so much more interesting happening in airports. On the other hand, they're busy places and there's not so much of a chance to develop that kind of steady gravitas in the mind as there is here. Some people practice loving-kindness meditation using their breath as a steadier. I like very much using these sentences as a steadier. They're right there all the time. I I like to think about the wishes for safety and the wishes for happiness, strength, or ease are never far from where I am or where you are, where anybody is, in any moment, especially in a moment where the mind gets distracted or upset or confused. 
in any kind of confusion, startled in any way. In that moment, we would like to feel safe and happy and strong and live with ease. It's like the universal answer to any kind of disturbance. There's one more thing I'd like to say as a kind of inspirer for really, really do it. When I, when I first began to practice with Sharon, every time I left the, uh, our interview appointment every day, I'd come and I'd report, and uh, then she'd give me some new instruction, and then she'd say, as I was leaving the room and I had my hand on the doorknob, she'd say to me, remember, Sylvia, be happy. And I thought to myself, that's a kind of a quaint salutation. You know, you could say, have a good day, or be well, or something. Then I realized it's not a quaint salutation. It's not really a salutation. It's an instruction. Remember, be happy. It's got a lot of wisdom in it because it's a reminder we could be. It's actually an affirmation of the third noble truth. Peace is possible. Remember, Sylvia, be happy. It's also a, a great boost to the confidence. You could do it, Sylvia. All you have to do is remember. And I started after that. I thought it was quaint, and I went about my business. And I was doing some walking meditation, and suddenly, as it happens, as you know from your experience, some thought took up residence in my mind that began weaving a big story and creating some sort of distress. And I could suddenly hear Sharon's hint in my mind, saying, remember, Sylvia, be happy. Because at that point, I wasn't. I was all tensely preoccupied with my story. And I hear Sharon's voice saying, remember, Sylvia, be happy. And I thought to myself, I'm not happy. But in that moment, I was, because I'd woken up. And when you wake up, then you're free. In any moment that you wake up, you have the option of what should I do now? And the option of what should I do now is I said my phrases again and again and again. So really, I hope that you have picked some phrases. I'll say mine as we sit together. If you haven't used phrases before, feel free to use them. We'll post later on today a variety of sets of phrases. All of my colleagues here say slightly different things. Everybody figures out what they like to say. It's not important so much which words you select. It's important that you keep on saying them. Really much more important that you don't fool around with them. And I didn't get to have a choice. Sharon said, say... May you be free of da- may I be free of danger, may I have mental happiness, may I have physical happiness, may I have ease of well-being. I said that for 10 years without and they're very much written into my mind. And when my plane starts to bounce around suddenly, my mind starts reciting those phrases because they're engraved in there. In my daily practice now, I mostly say, and when I teach, I mostly say, may I feel safe. May I feel happy, may I feel strong, and may I live with ease. I like them because I can feel the first three of them in my body. Live with ease is kind of an idea, but when I say may I feel safe, I try to feel it. May I feel happy, I try to feel it. As a visceral response to the wish, and when I say 
And I feel strong. I sit up a little higher. But you could pick any phrase. Phrases. I really suggest you pick phrases because it keeps it interesting. All of my phrases are different from each other. And I really suggest that you begin this morning, for sure, with uh, some variation of what Temple yesterday taught as the easiest place to begin. I began with myself because um, I really went to Barry to study because I wasn't so comfortable and I devoutly wished to feel safe and happy and strong. And then from time to time, I thought about Sharon as my benefactor. And truth to tell, I tried a lot, and I said lots of phrases for her, and I loved her immediately. I felt more engaged with myself, though, because I thought Sharon was fine, and I thought I was uncomfortable. (laughs) So it's just what works for you. Many people find that they are much more easily engaged in wishing well to their children or their parents or their partner, or their teacher. In the time of the Buddha, one thought about one's spiritual teachers and lineage. I'd like to invite you, as you begin, to experiment. Pick some phrases, and if you can, say them for yourself. After a while, Think about a benefactor, someone who, when you think about them, your heart is easily stirred to warmth and love and acceptance and delight. And wish them well. I don't do anything special like necessarily try to stay with my breath, although you can say one phrase on each breath. It's kind of like having a metronome for the inner music. Some people find it helpful. If there are any words that you want to change, change. But change soon and then rest with what you've chosen. If, as you say those phrases, you're actually able to feel them in your body and your mind and recognize the response of that wishing, that's great. If, as you say them, it's not so emotionally responsive in you, in your mind or your body, that's fine too. It's just to say them. It's the discipline of returning. It's the discipline of repetition. It's the discipline of steadfastness and resolve, all of which build that steadiness in the mind out of which wisdom is able to emerge, through which equanimity manifests itself, through which the natural good heart begins to shine and then you begin to feel it. So I'll be quiet now for the rest of the time that we sit Make yourself very comfortable. Spend perhaps the first several moments or minutes just feeling yourself here, 
allowing your body to rest in its breath. I try to remember to smile. It's helpful to lots of people. And then begin steadfastly to repeat the phrases of well-wishing. 